Welcome to the Coach House Beacons. Hi there, it's Andy here and welcome to this Coach House Beacon. It doesn't seem long ago that I was kicking off the year with the first beacon and yet here we are again. So, here goes. In Matthew's Gospel in the New Testament, there are many examples of Jesus going head to head with the religious leaders of the day, whether that be the Pharisees or the Sadducees. It seems strange that he would even need to do this until we realise how much of the leader's reasoning is based on human ideals and extension to God's law, which has been interpreted and fashioned in order to maintain control. Have you ever justified an action based on something that you believe has given you either the power to do something, or at the very least, protection from blame and gives, that gives you something to hide behind? Now I'm sure you have because mankind continually does this all of the time. In fact, we're so good at it, we don't even realise we are doing it. It is strange that we look to further ourselves, often at the expense of others, as we seek to gain control and power by exerting authority in all kinds of situations. But we shouldn't really be surprised either, as mankind has placed its understanding higher than any others ever since Adam and Eve chose to know the knowledge between good and evil when they reached up, when they took that fruit and they disobeyed God. And there it is. They chose to disobey God. Nowadays, we don't like to call this by its better known name, sin. But this is what sin is. Disobedience to God in all of its forms. Now, we believe in our own insight and values so much that we shouldn't be surprised to hear that we've placed them higher than God himself. We have hardened our hearts to God's love and tenderness, and we rely on our control. Now, one of the examples that we might read about is here in Matthew's Gospel in chapter 12. It reads like this, Matthew chapter 12, starting at verse 10. Then Jesus went over to their synagogue, that's the Jewish synagogue, where he noticed a man with a deformed hand. The Pharisees, the leaders of the day, asked Jesus, Does the law permit a person to work by healing on the Sabbath? Now they were hoping he would say yes, so that they could bring charges against him. And he answered, If you had a sheep that fell into a well on the Sabbath, wouldn't you work to pull it out? Well, of course you would. And how much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Yes, the law permits a person to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand and it was restored, just like the other one. Then the Pharisees called a meeting to plot how to kill Jesus. Now, previous to this encounter at the synagogue, Jesus had already had a run-in with the Pharisees when he and his disciples had picked some grain from the fields and eaten it on the Sabbath because they were hungry. 
It wasn't simply Jesus going out of his way to break the observances that the Pharisees had laid down. It was simply to show how meaningless many of these things were and also to put the value of human life above the law. In fact, one of the driving reasons behind Jesus' actions is to show how much human life and well-being is regarded by God. After all, Jesus is the embodiment of God on earth. Now in our passage, the Pharisees are trying to trap Jesus into pursuing an action which the law forbade. It was unlawful to help someone unless their life was in danger. Now the man had a deformed hand and he had undoubtedly had this for some time and therefore it was not a life-threatening ailment. The fact that the Pharisees were trying to trap Jesus into breaking the law reveals their knowledge that the man had suffered with the deformed hand for a long time and was probably well known to them. He probably begged on the approaches to the temple. But Jesus' answer to the Pharisees somewhat dodges the question and instead uses a traditional Jewish form of argument by comparing lesser things with the greater. In this case, the value of a sheep against the value of a man. Now, would a sheep owner help a sheep trapped in a well on a Sabbath? Well, of course he would. The argument then becomes one of value on the subject requiring help. How does the need of the sheep measure compared to that of the man with the deformed hand? Which is of higher value, sheep or man? So the question becomes one of morality and value. Jesus chooses to heal the man even on the Sabbath and show the value that mankind has to God. Jesus was walking on the earth at this time in response to God's love and concern for his created being, mankind. Jesus had been sent to save us. It was his earthly mission and God's heart was bound to rub up against man's. See, what Jesus is doing here is raising a question about the ethics of the law. The law is supposed to be a tool for exercising good and yet it has been made by the guardians of the law as a tool to control and restrict. It is strange that prior to this passage in Matthew, Jesus has urged people to take his yoke upon them, a yoke which he tells us is easy for its burden is light. So in contrast to this, Jesus shows that the burden that the law has placed upon people, especially the law as translated by the Pharisees, is burdensome and heavy. Jesus simply points out that sometimes doing right is not a matter of following the restrictive practices of the Pharisees' law, but to simply do the right thing. Even a sheep in a well would be offered rescue on the Sabbath. How much more will God act to save us? Now this, of course, is good news to us because it gives us a sense of worth and value that God himself places in us. Now let's take that a step further. Worth is what the purchaser is prepared to pay in order to secure the goods. Now in this instance, we are the goods and God is the purchaser. Now although we may not feel that we have any worth in ourselves, which actually is the case, 
God sees us differently. We are the pinnacle of his creation. Everything stopped once mankind had been created. We are very good, God proclaims. There was nothing else which supersedes the creative effort that resulted in man. Now everything within God's heart is focused on restoring the pinnacle of his creation back to himself. We turned away. But God still holds out a hand of reconciliation and even sent Jesus in order to pay the ultimate price so that the stain of sin could be wiped away and the barrier between God and man removed. All this is because God's desire is one of restoration and nothing stands in the way of his purposes towards us in this. So you see, Jesus was showing the heart of God in his reply and actions to the Pharisees in our passage. This is how God feels. This is how God acts. And this is how we should act. Jesus acting, acted in compassion and love and did what he knew was right in his heart. God's heart. In Matthew 12 verse 7, Jesus puts the action of the Pharisees into perspective when he says, But you would not have condemned my innocent disciples if you knew the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For the Son of Man is Lord, even over the Sabbath. The action of sacrifice is meaningless if actions do not originate from the heart. Show mercy not offer sacrifices. Why we do things is more important than what we do. In order to show this up fully, the discussion with the man with the deformed hand immediately follows this passage. The actions of the Pharisees in observance to the law belied their hardening hearts. They revealed their true nature. They didn't want Jesus to show mercy and heal this man. Rather, they would rather Jesus follow the dictates of the written law. But Jesus acts in mercy, reaches out and heals the man's hand. The immediate reaction to this is that the Pharisees want to get rid of Jesus. In fact, they planned to kill him. Now, Jesus creates in us only two modes of reaction. There is no middle ground. And that is why Jesus continues to create such profound reactions in humankind even to today. We are either drawn to his mercy and understand that he is the only one to make sense of our lives and existence, or we totally reject and want to eradicate him from our presence. Jesus polarises our thinking in a way that no one else ever has. And the purpose of these beacons is to bring a ray of light and hope into our lives, to encourage and spur on, to uplift and motivate. Now my trust is that letting Jesus motivate our actions and change our hearts, transform our minds and our thinking, is the greatest way to meet these goals. Coach House Beacons, the Coach House Church Daily Devotional. To find out more, join us on Facebook, Instagram or on our website at www.coachhousechurch.org